Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. So as you may know, or may not know at all, cocktails are kind of my thing. At the end of a long day, or any day really, crafting a drink, whether it's simple or more complex, I really look forward to a delicious cocktail. Plus it makes all conversations better. Tito's Handmade Vodka is always a go-to for me. It's the perfect thing to have on hand to make just about any cocktail. That is what I love about Tito's. It's so versatile. Anything from a Moscow mule to an elderflower martini to a white Russian. Plus, Tito's Handmade Vodka has won a million awards, but for real. It's been distilled six times and won the SF World Spirit Championship. So the next time you are looking for an incredibly drinkable cocktail, pick up some Tito's Handmade Vodka. Plus, you should head over to titosvodka.com to read up more about their story and pick up some delightful recipes. Hello, friends. And we're back. If you're listening to this, I appreciate it so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, It is such unprecedented times in this moment. Um, I feel you if you are feeling a lot of things because I am definitely in that space as well. Um, there's just a lot of layers of a lot of different things. And so some days are pretty smooth sailing and other days are feeling a lot of things and most days are a mix of both. So, um, if you are there, then I am there with you. (laughs) So hang in there. Um, I am grateful in this moment to start back with something that I really love, which is this podcast. And it's just been for me, something that I really look forward to in sitting down and having conversations, um, with incredible folks. So I was really lucky to invite my friend, Fuego, um, in, and we, we sat six feet apart, um, right here at my dining room table. And it was really awesome to hear his story. But before we get into that, I wanted to share the cocktail that we made. I made for today, which, uh, I think I'm just going to call like summer refresh. It's Yeah, it's so good. If you're not into grapefruit, you are not going to be into this cocktail because that is the primary deal. Um, You are going to start out with a shaker filled with some ice, and then you'll throw in about an ounce and a half of Tito's vodka, and then you'll add um, an ounce and a half of grapefruit juice or more. I think I did a little bit more, but I just love grapefruit. So I use Natalie's grapefruit juice because it's just, you know, obviously fresh squeeze optimal number one, but it takes so much time and grapefruits are like not cheap. So by the time you do all the things, Natalie's is so great because it just tastes so fresh and so almost hand squeeze. So anyway, um, that is a, is an easy option. And then I added 
a half an ounce of lemon juice and a half an ounce of, I made some basil simple syrup and you can adjust the simple syrup level to how sweet you want it. Um, with a half an ounce, it actually wasn't too sweet at all, but it adds like a nice little flavor. So you'll take those four ingredients and you'll just shake them up real good in your shaker and then pour into a good size Collins glass filled. I usually do three quarters of the way full of ice ice, pour that over, uh, over the ice and then top off with tonic water or club soda, depending on also your level of sweetness and what you prefer. And then I drink this with a straw and a nice big petal of a basil leaf. It just smells so good and so fresh and so summery. So hopefully you'll make that and listen along, or maybe you'll have it at a, I don't know, by yourself or with your family um, sometime soon. And my friend Fuego is an incredible creator and he is somebody that I respect a lot in the community. Um, his wife Major was on the podcast a while ago and she's a very dear friend and they're both kind of um, very passionate about doing, doing their roles very well and executing very well. And that's something that I really admire and hope to be moving towards and working, always trying to be excellent, um, in that, in that way. And, and, um, Fuego started studio 17 and they do like a litany of things. They produce podcasts, they produce create content, they do photo shoots, they do video content. Um, they edit my uh, my, this podcast. Um, and yeah, so Fuego is wonderful and I just am amazed at his story and, and the things that, that can be, that people can become and that, that things that have happened in our life don't have to define us in that moment. And was really grateful to be able to chat in this moment with Fuego about black lives matter. And I don't know. Sometimes I don't think that I, I obviously don't know all the things, but being able to dialogue with somebody, uh, was a wonderful moment. So I hope you will enjoy this moment and, uh, enjoy. Bonjour, Fuego. Bonjour. Thanks for being in my home today and chatting with me for a little bit. Thank you for welcoming me. Salud. We are, cheers. We can't actually clink. Cheers right now. Because we are effect. clink. Yeah, clink side effect. We are six feet apart mm -hmm. in this moment. This mm -hmm. is the first podcast back mm -hmm. from this time of COVID. And what a wild world we're living in. The never ending story. So the cocktail that we have going on, since it's summer, summer, summer all the way down. Yeah. Good freaking Lord. I mean, mm -hmm. today I think it's supposed to be 97. It's hot. It's hot. Mm-hmm. I went for a run this morning in the morning and it was already like eighties, mid eighties, Florida, Florida. I came back totally 100% French, <laughs> which is the normal for right now, but it is Florida. So we are doing a summer Florida cocktail, mm. which grapefruit is just one of my ultimate flavors. Mm. So super simple Tito's. Mm course tito's vodka um some fresh squeezed um have you ever had natalie's you have had natalie's i have had natalie's oh, so good yeah 
so fresh. It's like I could I could buy all the grapefruits and squeeze them, but Natalie's is pretty much just like very on par. They already did it. They already did it. Yeah. They're taking out the elbow grease, which yeah. I don't mind. Um, then we've got some lemon juice in there and we've got, I made, I bought a little basil plant. Mm -hmm. So I made some homemade basil simple syrup over ice and tonic water. Is that what you were stirring up when we got here? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So easy to make. You just, it's like sugar, water, boil that together, and then basil leaves, fresh basil leaves mm. in there. Pff, done. And then you just so, let it cool. So when's the cocktail recipe book coming out? You, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I should I should do something with my time since we sadly are not having dinner parties right now. Yeah. yeah. That's been a major, major bummer. Yeah. For sure. Business is not as usual for a lot of people in the world. Yeah, it's a lot. Me especially. Mm -hmm. But actually, I'd love to hear kind of what you have been up to mm -hmm. and what your, I mean, your world is kind of still pretty busy right now. Yeah. Um, I'm the founder of this really cool creative collective, Studio 17 Creative. Um, business has been interesting for us because a lot of people, they need to communicate more. Hmm. Um, than, than normal. So um, it hasn't really slowed down for us because it's like now, uh, now they want to say more and say it more often. Mm -hmm. So um, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty fun. Um, we've just been trying to teach, well, not really teach people, but our goal is to get more positivity on timelines. Mm -hmm. So for most of our clients, that's kind of our pitch is, you know, while everybody's spreading all this like negativity and fear, mm -hmm. you know, let's be a beacon of light. And then let's talk about all the positive things that are happening. Um, and that narrative, you know, has kept much of, you know, my guys employed yeah. during COVID. So that's a beautiful thing to still be employed in this moment. <laughs> Woo! I, I don't take it for granted. I don't know what it's like, but that's, <laughs> that's a blessing yeah. to be, to be there. And for people that have been able to, either pivot or remain in, in spaces that they are gamefully employed and mm. hopefully doing things that they love, yeah. you know, in, in that, in that space that you can, I mean, this is a beautiful space. I know that people can do podcasts over, you know, phone or, or whatever in, in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but since we are able to be six feet apart, it's really, I love being able to have like the conversation. The, yeah. Have that conversation in the room with somebody. Yeah. But then, Full disclosure, Studio mm -hmm. 17 does all my editing, so... It's Inception. It's Inception. <laughs> podcast Inception. <laughs> this has come full circle. Yeah. So it's pretty great. Um, so not only are we in the midst of a global pandemic, mm -hmm. which I guess we were overdue for one since, you know, the Spanish flu mm -hmm. about 100 years ago. <sighs> Wild times. We are in the middle of a revolution, yeah. which is pretty... Um, pretty wonderful mm -hmm. on, on a lot of levels and then pretty heavy on a lot of levels. Mm -hmm. And I know I've been feeling so many things across the board and I don't know if there's anybody that hasn't yeah. obviously been affected by these, these big, big societal, um, shifts, shifts right now kind of on every level, but I would love to kind of hear from you as far as we're going to kind of dig into Black Lives Matter for a moment as mm -hmm. far as what's been happening and kind of your experience within that and your mm -hmm. experience kind of 
in the world and growing up mm-hmm. being a black man. Well, it's it's interesting. Uh, it's almost like it's almost like a, a room that smells. Um, when you first walk into it, you you smell it and mm-hmm. it's repugnant and you hate it and you can't wait to leave. Mm-hmm. But if you sit in the room long enough, you kind of get used to it and you kind of start to ignore it and you don't smell it anymore. Uh-huh. The only time you kind of smell it again is when somebody new walks into the room. Um, that's that's what being black in America is like. Hmm. It's like you just kind of because as humans, we adapt to circumstance, atmosphere. Sure. Like, so <clears throat> a lot of it is just, you know, the room stinks. Mm-hmm. So but we need a roof to be, you know, we need to be um, it's one of our basic needs. So. I mean, it sucks. You know, it's it it sucks to to know that <clears throat> you aren't really seen as an equal. Like, uh, and you have to fight harder for opportunities. It's like, it's a lot, right? But we, as black people, we are one of our gifts is that we adapt really well um, during slavery times when we were given, you know, the worst parts of the pig to eat. Um, we then turn that into delicacy, you know, chitlings and pig feet and hog maws and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're blessed to be able to see the silver line in yeah. most situations. Uh, so we fast forward to now. <clears throat> uh, the sad part about these types of situations is there's always a martyr has to be, you know, um, for believers out there. There's always has there always to be the lamb that has to be sacrificed to bridge the gap between us and God. Um, so a George Floyd or Breonna Taylor and, mm-hmm. you know, the list can go on as long as a Chinese menu mm-hmm. of people who've been, you know, killed by the people who are supposed to serve and protect us. Yeah. But you can't, you can't deny the amount of change that is happening at a rapid pace. Um, we had to lose MLK. We had to lose Malcolm X for us to then have the liberties that we have now. Mm. And I think the list of names now are contributing to the liberties that the future generations are going to have. Yeah. Uh, we're not close to abolishing you know, racism in our country. Uh, although I, I am hopeful about all the change that is happening in legislation. Um, what are you most hopeful about right now? Like, have you seen anything that you said... That's actual real progression. Mm-hmm. I mean, it starts with the culprit, you know, law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> no choke laws that are being passed um, and just different things with law enforcement to hold them accountable for what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't respond to things unless there are consequences. Uh, and that's just how we are as humans. So mm-hmm. put your hand on the stove, it's hot. You're not going to put your hand on it anymore. If there aren't any consequences, then history is doomed to repeat itself. So I love the the consequences that are happening. I love seeing um, people more conscious about the, like what's been going on since the beginning, you know, um, come to this country, help build it. Then from there you fight for the country and you still aren't looked at as an equal. Right. So, it's good to know that, you know, change is happening. That's, that's, it's incremental, mm-hmm. but, you know, 
it doesn't happen all overnight. So right. I'm really happy to see um, change on a government level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about damn time. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was looking forward to today to be able to have kind of a quote unquote face to face chat with you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's obviously a lot of motion right now. There's a lot of, a lot of things happening. Um, there's been a lot of ambiguity, I think in my lifetime and in, in the places that I hold. And, and, um, sometimes I have not known what is the appropriate way of interacting and engaging. Um, and, um, you know, how do I, how do I be a part of this in a very like respectful manner? Mm-hmm. But, um, what, what would you say are maybe like some ways, like, especially for me, like I'm a Caucasian woman, mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of that, mm-hmm. but, um, I know that that comes with some pretty heavy, um, responsibilities mm-hmm. and realities. Right. And so in that, sometimes I feel like, Maybe I'm not as sure of um, maybe my role within mm-hmm. engaging with this moment yeah. of history. <clears throat> I have a few friends who who share that same like sentiment. Uh, you know, when somebody you have a friend who has a family member that passes, right? Yeah, yeah. and you want to be able to. Like, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. The best you can do is just be there for them. Mm-hmm. In the event that they need you for whatever reason, some of the times it's just sitting there, just knowing that you're there. Um, I think that's the best thing that if if you're, you know, I'm not speaking for the entire black community, but if if you share the same sentiment that Dana does and you you want to help, but then you feel like, you're looked at as the cause for the problem. Mm-hmm. So you're apprehensive about helping. The best you can do is just be there. If they're, you know, within reason, be at protest. Uh, there are bailed funds, you know, jail bail funds for every city and almost every state in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, $5, $10, send it to a bail fund because a lot of these protesters are being arrested and they can't make bonds. So that's a good way to help. But if you, if you just don't know what to do, the best thing that you can do is be a resource. Mm-hmm. You know, it's social activism is a, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good and bad thing because people, you know, some people use social activism as this is me being an activist. But if you, if you really look like Google, like the sit-ins and the marches where, you know, it was, some serious activism uh, and there's no degree of like sin in a way, but if you really want to help, you know, you're doing the right thing. How can I help? You ask a question. And my suggestion would just be to be available. You know, if you can't make it to a protest, donate a couple of dollars to a bail fund. Mm-hmm. If you see a resource, share the resource. Um, just be there without, cause I know it could feel like, you're looped in or you're lumped into like you did this to us. And that's a tough way. It's like reverse prejudice. Like it's a tough way to kind of, Hey, I want to help, 
but then the person that you want to help is hurt by someone who kind of looks like you. Sure. So then you're we almost- We don't need your help. Right. Yeah. You're guilty by association. Right. Uh, but if somebody's genuine and they want to help and they want to be, they want to help fix the problem, like give them the opportunity to help. Give them the chance, like stand next to me with a sign, you know, have your mask, hold the sign. If you don't have a sign, just be in the crowd. It's as simple as that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be- you know, it doesn't have to just be this big, grandiose, like, effort statement. Like, you, you don't have to make it huge. It's little. You know, a protest is individual people that come together. Showing and then, up. And that's it. Right. It doesn't have to be a big gesture. Just just show up, be there. If you see a resource that you think would be helpful, that aligns with what you believe, mm-hmm. share it. And it's, it's, you know, and if you have a couple of dollars to spend to, you know... Send it to a bail fund. Right. So you think that's kind of one of the most effective ways to yeah. be able to stand with the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, there's a yeah. bunch of foundation. Because, I mean, you got to follow the money, you mm. know, and that's old. That's a kind of old phrase, but you got to follow the money. With COVID, mm-hmm. when Disney shut down, when the NBA shut down, that's when you knew. You know, aside from people dying, of course, but as it, as it pertains to the states, Disney makes maybe $100,000 a day just in parking. So if they shut down, that's when I kind of knew. I was like, well, this is serious. And then the NBA shuts down. Right. It's like, wait a minute. Like this is, because hmm. I also trade on the market. So it's always follow the money. When stuff starts opening back up, that gives you an idea that we're getting out of it. But um, same thing with BLM. Just put your money where your mouth is mm-hmm. or where your heart is. You know, put your money there, find the foundation that you believe in, and you don't have to donate a thousand dollars. Right. Just mm-hmm. any amount. Donate is what you have. Helpful. Sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some resources to help educate yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, for people to educate the journey of the reality of of black people in this country. That is a loaded question. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Uh we had the honor of throwing a Juneteenth block party recently mm-hmm. um, outside of the guidelines of COVID. <laughs> uh, but we had about 400 people just outside. You know, it was a block party. We had vendors and um, apparently one of my guys got a hold of some Disney fireworks and it was a situation. Uh, it was great. But one thing in voter registration was like the bit was like really what we were pushing. Mm. One of the big things was that a lot of people, excuse me, didn't know what Juneteenth was. Sure. So it was great to be able to. I feel like I recently in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. have heard about it. Mm -hmm. Right. So growing up and I've never heard about it Mm -hmm. until maybe like two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, And I think now it's a national holiday or. We're getting there. We're getting there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But it was not something that was ever like on my radar. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't directly affect you. Sure. Yeah. So right. it does. So you wouldn't even, <laughs> you wouldn't even right. So it's, it's like sports, you know, if, if you like, a, like bowling, there's a bowling championship every year right? for millions of dollars. But if you don't like bowling, you could care less, but it just, it doesn't affect a lot of people. So this year, and it was almost good marketing that Juneteenth came when it did, you know, if you think about like a rollout, um, but a lot of people were educated on 
what it is, what mm-hmm. it means. A lot of major corporations, this is now a paid holiday off. Right. And that that's one more of those. And is it states adopting that one by one or because mm-hmm. it's not like a national holiday yet, is it? Not yet. Right. Um, and even overseas, they're not, they're acknowledging it overseas. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those like that. incremental steps for future generations to be able to say it like in the same way that we can point back to the civil rights movement mm-hmm. for what we have now. I think future generations will be able to point back to 2020 hmm. and the black lives matter movement and say, because of that, you know, we have this now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's pretty dope, honestly. Right. Well, thanks for diving in um, with me about that. And in this moment, that is, pretty heavy and the sad reality of like how much trauma has to happen before Mm -hmm. things have changed. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we, from Jim Crow laws to now, Mm -hmm. not a whole lot has shifted Mm -hmm. in that, um, in that way. So the more that we make noise, the more hopefully things will change. Right. And I think like voting is like the, another huge way. I think for me that I feel like this is where I can place my values Mm -hmm. in, in, in the ballot, Mm -hmm. um, in, in that way. And hopefully we'll have elections come Mm -hmm. this November. Good Lord. It just seems like there's so many layers of things going on. You're like 2020 was 2020. Um, yeah. So that kind of feels like hopefully that will be a way of, you know, voting for the legislature that really makes huge on a local level. Mm -hmm. And then that like levels up to the the national level of being able to like implement change and freaking open people's eyes to Mm -hmm. the reality of um, the history of the black of you know a black person mm-hmm. within America, <sighs> which is yeah. Um. So yeah, thanks for chatting about that. Of course. So I wanted to be able to start with that, and then also to be able to, I find you as like a a business owner and you know making waves and doing your own things, and married to one of my bestest friends, and um all the things that you have going on. So we're going to dig into a little bit of dinner party questions. Here we go. These are my, these are my ways of digging in, um, getting to know people a little bit more, maybe Mm. have them dig in a little bit into themselves and Mm. figure things out. Sounds like therapy. Mm -hmm. No, it's just conversation. Okay. So the first one is one of my favorite topics, which is cocktails. Okay. Or a lovely beverage. Um, what would say? What would you say would be maybe like? What is Fuego's just ultimate like treat for a drink? Mm-hmm. Like, what would you? What's your go-to cocktail or drink or spirit um, or? Always whiskey. Always neat. Okay. Uncle nearest. Say it again. Uncle nearest. Uncle nearest. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? Uh. Good segue, actually. Uh, so, Nearest Green um, was the slave of Jack Daniels. Ah. So, Nearest. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. So, Nearest Green essentially taught Jack how to make whiskey in the way that he does. Okay. But it wasn't 
it wasn't a slave relationship in the context of like how people see like a general slave relationship. So when you see Jack, you'll see nearest. So they'd be in a photo together. Okay. So he didn't treat him as as you know equal. Yeah, he no, he t- he treated him as an equal. Okay. Even during that time, so the narrative for a long time was that Jack stole the recipe from Nearest Green and Jack is this bad guy. Okay. When in actuality, he saw him as an equal and as a partner. Hmm. So there is a Fawn Weaver. Uh, she heard this story uh, and then, long story short, ends up buying Jack Daniel's old house. Uh, and then they start. What, are, what year is this? Are we feeling? Um, like we're the- talking like height of slavery. Oh, when she bought the house? Right. Oh, this is recent. This okay. is more recently. Um, so she fell in love with the story. Her and her husband bought the house. Uh, and then they began to produce Uncle Nearest Whiskey. Uh-huh. So their their tagline is, you know, honoring the history of one man without tearing down the legacy of another. So a lot of people say Jack is the bad guy. But in actuality, Jack was fighting for equality between him and Nearest. Right. So he brought him in as like a partner, partner. to yeah. be able to develop this stuff. Mm-hmm. So people credit, you know, Jack Daniels is great. Okay. Nearest Green is, I would say, like the source, you know. So they started, you know, Uncle Nearest Whiskey. So I drink Uncle right. Nearest Whiskey. Neat. Where would you find this around town pre-COVID? Would- uh, well, some bars have it. Some bars don't. Okay. Uh, if they don't, see, I'll probably do like a Woodruff or, you know, Makers. Keep it simple. Okay. Uh, but if I can, you know, Uncle Nearest double. One. Yep. Okay, cool. I got out of mixed drinks a while ago. Okay. Yeah. So like you're like, you're indulging me today. So thank you. But oh, like, man. like you're, you never, have you ever had like a whiskey sour? Nope. I was I was a rum coke guy. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, uh, and then it was Hennessy neat. Okay. And then that's I was introduced lovely. to like she's like that's lovely. Yeah. I was introduced to like Makers and then uh, Woodruff and then down the line and then it was like you know what is it mostly bourbons or always yeah I love bourbon bourbon yeah bourbon. same bourbon's probably my favorite spirit mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I have it neat sometimes, but like my favorite cocktail is a whiskey sour. Mm-hmm. What's that? Whiskey sour? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Maybe another time if you're in the in the mood to be adventurous, I can I'll make one for you. You can mm-hmm. just taste it and see if you like it. But um so it's usually an ounce and a half to two ounces of bourbon. Mm-hmm. So Woodford, I also have really been into this treaty oak uh bourbon as well, Ghost Hill. Um and then obviously the beauty of this drink is that you can just like play on it and mm-hmm. do like a ton of different things. But mm-hmm. the the absolute like core of it is um, lemon and lime juice, fresh squeezed. Mm-hmm. And then sour. As a sour. Okay. Yep. And then a couple dashes of bitters. Okay. And an egg white. An uh, egg white. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it gives us this lightness, this frothiness, this levity type okay. deal. So you can add simple syrup to it or not. So it depends on your level of interest of sweetness. I mm. usually let things sweeter. So I'm usually doing like a basil simple syrup mm-hmm. or muddling blackberries in there or putting, I don't know, strawberry and lemon, more lemon forward. It sounds like a salad. 
A salad. It's you a salad in a, a cup. You throw out a bunch of things in there. <laughs> a salad in a cup. Yeah. And then you're shaking it really well. And mm. so it just has this really nice, light, very, I I think very bourbon-y taste, but, but it's, yeah, kind of mixed in that way. So How's your old fashioned? I don't do old fashions as much or mm. Manhattan. I don't know. Like the closest thing I've been getting a little bit more into Negronis, mm-hmm. um, which is more gin, but it's very boozy and very strong. Mm-hmm. So something like this is usually more my speed because mm-hmm. it's like lighter and, um, so drinking it neat. I mean, I can, I can only have a little bit because mm-hmm. I am a tiny person. And so, um, I'm always kind of very aware of, like, I don't enjoy over, over indulging mm-hmm. maybe every once in a while, but not very often. But, um, yeah. So I think like usually something that's like lighter that I could maybe have like two or three of throughout mm-hmm. the night and still be fine. Right. Or, um, I do enjoy a Negroni or something like that, but it's definitely like a sipper. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just enjoy it throughout the night, but it's pretty much all booze. Yeah, it's like when you—it's delicious when you transition to neat. It kind of takes the fun out of shots. Oh gosh! Like I've never been into shots. Oh, I've always been in shots. Always been in shots. Shots is for why? <laughs> for Shot, why? Because shots is like let's party. We hit a party. So I remember a funny story. Okay. The first time I shot Everclear. Say it again. Everclear. Everclear. <laughs> so, Good lord. <laughs> How old were you? Is this like your early twenties? Like twenties. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> I get to this party. I'd never been. I didn't know what Everclear was. Okay. Get to that this party. Would be messed up. Yeah. It's. I mean, you can put it in your gas tank. Right. Um. <laughs> so I get to this party. Boom. Uh. This is college time. So vodka is like the thing. So I see a bottle of vodka, two shots of boop boop, real fast, getting into my vibe, I'm ready to party. Okay. Um, the guy whose dorm we were at or college house we were at, he was like, You just shot that? I was like, Yeah. He was like, You gotta go home. Like, you about to have a bad night. Oh. So <laughs> he said, I know what's up. Yeah, he knew. Cause he was mix he was mixing it in like a hunch punch. Um, but shooting it straight, it's like you it's like moonshine right. times, whatever. So I get to the house and you were messed up. It's like an elephant, a hippo, and a rhino just all on my head at the same like a time. Great time. <laughs> so I, I vividly remember um, in this little, you know, you know, college housing, in this little room trying to get from my bed to the bathroom, and you know, double dutch. Like when you're double dutching, you're waiting to jump into the, the ropes. Yeah. Jump ropes? Yeah. yeah. So you're kind of like, ooh, you're like timing it. Yep. When it, that's me waiting for the door to come back around, trying to get into my bathroom because I was that messed up. I was so dizzy. The room was like, ah. the room was like on a tilt. You thought you had to wait to, for the moment to get through the door? Right. Because the way my equilibrium was kind of set up, right. the door just kept going by me. So I'm standing in front of the door. I'm like trying to time it. And no one's around you? No, I'm just in the room by myself. I'm like, all right, when the door comes back around, I'm going to get in this bathroom. So I'm like, here we go. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Nope, missed it. And I'm standing in front of the door. I'm pretty sure somebody walked in and saw me just kind of like. I'm surprised they didn't help you into the. No, it's college time. You're drunk. You're supposed to get drunk. Right. You know, but not drunk off Everclear. Right. But the lesson I learned is anytime I make hunch punch at a party. It's always ever clear. 
Okay. Because it's going to be. But then you're just going to temper it. At, right. Right. So it's like a bottle of Everclear to four or five bottles of Hawaiian punch. So I honestly have never heard of this in my Everclear? Life. No, 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 a hunch punch. Oh, yeah. It's just like party punch. Okay. You know, it's, but it's, it's spiked. Right. But everybody knows it's spiked. So some people. Well, that's why they're there. Right. So yeah. some people might spike it with like skulls or a light vodka. Right. But Every, Everclear is. Everclear gets the party going. Yeah. <laughs> so in like an hour, people would just kind of like, ooh. But then the next day you're feeling like. No, not when you mix it. Really? It, yeah. The juice and the sugar dilute it. All right. But if you shoot it That's straight, it. forget about it. You're going to have a revolving door situation. Ask me how I know. <laughs> I know. Ask me how I know. So this kind of dips into our next uh, topic, which is story, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I find like super fascinating about just like we're placed on this earth, right? We don't get to choose the color of our skin. We don't choose our parents. We don't mm-hmm. get to choose like where we're placed in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, our socioeconomics, like mm. we are just get Delta hand. We just get de- Delta hand. Right. And then all of us are really muddling through life, you mm. know, since, since we get placed here, but I would love to know kind of what was like your big, be- the beginning of your story, mm. like, like where were you born? What's your family of origin? Like, okay. do you have siblings? Like what was the vibe of like early days of Fuego. Oh, wow. And were you born with that given name? No. <laughs> uh, born in Freeport, Bahamas. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, so my birth certificate is Haitian. Oh, okay. But that's not the country you're actually born in. So something happened in between Haiti and the Bahamas okay. as it pertains to my birth. So my birth certificate is Haitian, but I only remember being in the Bahamas. Does that did make you, sense? Did you ask your mom if you were actually born in Haiti? And then... It's not a... I mean, it's not that... I don't think about it as a big deal until like this very second. Okay. But it's just like, hey, it's my birth certificate. All right. So I guess I'm Haitian. But I only remember growing up in the Bahamas. Okay. Until about five or six. Then I came to the States. I le- Then I from there was Dade County, Dade and Broward County. Okay. So that was about ninth grade. Ninth grade. I have um, five blood siblings. Um, Where are you in that lineup? I'm first. You're first mm-hmm. out of six kids? Out of five. Out of five. Oh. Henry, Harry, Henrietta, Alexandra, and Kathy. My mom got remarried towards the, the tail end there. Okay. Um, but. Funny story about our names is the nurse that named my mom also named my brother, myself, and my sister. She was my grandmother's best friend. My mom had us young. Okay. So my grandmother's best friend, who was a midwife, she named my mom Helen. She named me Henry. She named Harry Harry and then Henrietta. Oh. Yeah. So we all came here and then Dayton Broward County bounced around. Then we came to Orlando around 94, 95. We moved to the Paramore area. Okay. Then uh, went to Jones, class of 2000, because I'm old. Because you're old? Yeah. Not older than me. I'll be 39 this year. Honey, I am already 39. Oh, well then. Guess who's turning 40 in less than a month? Congratulations. Crazy, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Time flies. Time flies. Um. And then uh, after Jones, 
Um, didn't know what I wanted to do after Jones. Hmm. But I knew. 2000, 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Sheesh. I know. <laughs> but I knew I didn't want to uh, be in the Paramore area anymore. Hmm. Uh, I had a counselor. Well, not really a counselor, but she worked at the Boys and Girls Club downtown. And uh, I credit a few things to who I am today. Uh, Alyssa Bender from the Boys and Girls Club, um, the Coveney House, and, you know, Faith. Hmm. All three of those things were... Uh, Played a role. Yeah. Total, like, hit my life. Life was never the same after that. Uh, I was a pretty bad kid. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so I ended up. Were you with all your five siblings when mm -hmm. you moved? So seven of us moved because my mom has always been. Uh, she's always adopted kids. So when we moved to Orlando, she had adopted two boys. Okay. You know, which, you know, they're my brothers. Sure. Um, which is why I say blood and then not blood. And then when we so all. So you have. So there's five blood and two adopted? Right. So seven. Seven of us. And you're the oldest. I'm the oldest, yep. Right. So we were a gang. <laughs> we're a gang. Right. Uh, so when we all grew up and everything else, my aunt passed of swine flu when swine flu was a thing. And she adopted her three kids. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. So now, as an older woman, she's working on getting, you know, certified to have, like... Not a halfway house, but like, you know, the house before kids get adopted. Right. Basically. Um, so she's she's been doing that. Um, so then. Is she still in Orlando? She's in South Florida right now. She's in South Florida. In South Florida right With now. how many kids? With all the girls. Okay. All the boys uh, stayed here because we kind of found community here. Mm -hmm. um, found so, your niche. Yeah. So Alyssa... She took me from Paramore to Alafaya. And it's, it's a 20, 30 minute drive. But worlds. But it's a world apart part. from Paramore. To see white people consistently was like a, like, whoa. Yeah. Because the only time we saw white people were, you know, positions of authority. Teachers, policemen, firemen, like that type of stuff. Um. So she would consider, which was probably not legal. So whatever. But she would consistently... She's like, you're different. So she would take me for like the weekend, you know, talk to my mom or whatever. Right. Um, take me over there. And one big thing that I probably would never forget, which was like the beginning of like the paradigm shift in my mind that um, the world is different is she ordered pizza and wings. You know, she would do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, the first time she did that, it blew my mind because like, you could call somebody and they bring food. It's like that. Something that's so simple, mm -hmm. I just, I wasn't aware of. Uh, so she had all this food and I was eating all this food. And at the end of the night, you know, I would like start packing it up, like hurriedly packing it up to put it in the fridge. She's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. I was like, you got to put it away so the roaches don't get in it. And she sat me down and she put her hand on my shoulder and she's like, Henry, Everybody don't have roaches. And that moment was like growing up, you either had a lot of roaches or you had a little roaches. You had a few roaches, mm -hmm. but everybody had roaches based off of where I grew up mm -hmm. and the conditions that I had become accustomed to. 
Because you don't know any different, right? You don't. Yeah. Your world is as big as the f- five or six blocks. Sure. Which is why exposure is so important for, you know, kids growing up. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, they don't, they don't know that the world is different until you uproot them. How would you? You can't. You know, it's, it's impossible. Right. So when I hear people that want to make change in the community, they want to make change for some kids, you're not going to do it where they're comfortable. You really need to like pick uproot them, literally uproot them mm-hmm. and then plant them in some different pots so that they can see that the like the world's different. It's not just what's around them. Right. So there she did that for me. Possibility, and, yeah. Yeah, and it just it changed everything for me. So when I would come back, each time I would come back, I was looking at the world like this isn't this this isn't it. Mm-hmm. This isn't like. Is this like your junior high years or? Uh, your... Yep. It's yep. It's like pre. Yeah, it's like 17, 18 years old. Oh, high school years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then it just I started being made fun of because I enunciate. <laughs> so once you kind of get into, you get around people who want you better for you versus people who are just satisfied with where they are Mm -hmm. you kind of raise it raises not just your bar yeah and then your expectation for life yeah and what life can be and for some people that's threatening and a lot of times when people are threatened by something they want to tear it down so i got called white boy or i got called a lot of different names um just for enunciating and it's and i get it because if you don't if you only associate white with authority, then if I sound white, now you attack me like I'm authority. I'm like I feel you feel like I feel You're like I'm an better outsider than you. Yeah, from what they're used to, which is fine, and you can't can't be mad at people for that mm. um, because they aren't exposed to what you're exposed to. So that transition was great. Then the Covenant House, just me being 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 a bad kid. Helen was like, what what was like. What was though your your kind of vibe or feeling within like middle school, high school? Like you went to Jones, like did you love school? Did you hate it? Were you like trying to like get out of school? Like mm-hmm. I knew it was necessary. Okay. Um Did you was, do any sports or extracurricular? I did. Uh I was always an art student. I was always a magnet art student. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, See? Yeah. <laughs> My brother and I. Um, always magnet art. So people would talk to me and my brother, my brother and I, when they wanted us to paint the banner that the football team ran through. All right. right. And that's like around Thursday. We had all the friends in the world. Uh-huh. Then Monday came around and you're Mur-mur. back. Yeah, you're back <laughs> right. to, they could care less about you. So I was, you know, if you picture a classroom, I'm the kid in the back corner, drawn on the back of his paper. And then asking you to borrow paper when we have to actually do work. Like I was super quiet, super introvert. Ah. Um, so that was me, middle school, high school. I was Were you kind of like uh, in your head trying to start everything out? Well, I mean, truth be told, uh, my stepfather was abusive. So that's why we moved around so much. Hmm. So Orlando was our like last like getaway. Because he followed us all through Dayton Broward. Um, oh. So Orlando. Did they separate? You... Yeah, they separated. Okay. Uh, and so when we came to Orlando, you have to understand, like, this traumatized kid is just, like. Trying to survive. Right. And then there's no point in making friends because I'm probably going to be at a different school in six months. Because that's basically what our life was. It's just like. So we had this transient 
almost like military life where mm. you're just like move, 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 move. Found us again, move, move, move. And then North with, with five kids? Yeah. And then seven kids? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. While yeah. she's in school to be an RN. So. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's a lot. But I was, I just didn't know what to do with my uh, maturity. I didn't know what to do with my manhood, like becoming a man. Mm. So it was always, you know, you're a kid. So don't tell me what to do. I'm an adult. I'm 17. Right. So Helen wasn't having that. She was like, get out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, literally, get out of my house. Uh, Your mom was not having that? Heck no. She has too many kids to deal with. Right. To deal with some, you know, rebellious, ungrateful son, you know, who's supposed to be the man in the house. But I ended up being the baby in the house. Sure. So she's like, get me if you want to get out of my house. That's a lot of pressure to be a parent at that age. So that was my argument. Right. I was like, when you're not here, I'm taking care of them. So we're having like this domestic argument. Battle, yeah. <laughs> we're having this domestic argument. Me and my mom is like, well, you need to respect me as an adult. She's like, you're 17. It's like, when you're not here, I'm taking care of them. So I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's not how adulthood works. But I'm like, I'm damn near a parent. So. And then around this time, you're hanging out with the the woman from the Boys and Girls Club. Right. Kind of like opening and expanding your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just learning about like the world. Um, So she kicked me out and the Covenant House was, used to be a really big thing downtown. They'd be on the corners like, hey, because downtown used to be, how long have you been here? 20 years. Okay. So you remember like Qzar, downtown. Where Corona and the movie theater are now, mm-hmm. there used to be a pizza bar, virtual reality. It was like pizza bar and like a laser tag place called Qzar. Okay. And that's, if you didn't know where your kid was, your that's kid, probably your kid was. was at Qzar. Okay. Or they were at Exchange, the old Exchange. Yeah. So um, that was a really big, like transient, not transient, but um, what's the word for when kids don't go to school? True, truant? Truancy. Truancy? Yeah. So it was, I don't know what it was about that time, but kids just was not trying, they were not trying to go to school. So the Covenant House is a homeless shelter for 18 to 21 year olds. So they would be down there like trying to get kids to either go the hell home or, you Come know. Come and stay in a safe right. place. So they had this place uh, down Orange near Lake Ivanhoe. It was called the CSC. Mm-hmm. Community CRC, but it's a community resource center for because there's a lot of homeless kids downtown for some reason. Mm-hmm. So they can go there, get food, take a shower, get some supplies, and then go back to being homeless. Right. So Helen kicked me out. I'm walking down because I was right here, literally right here at um, Reeves Terrace, two four seven Reeves Court, literally right here. You're my neighbor. Yeah. So she kicked me out. Right. And then I walked through Thornton and then I got to the 7-Eleven right on Thornton, right on Summerlin. Um, and somebody from the, uh, somebody was out there giving out like food to the homeless people. Right. And they, they gave me like this little, it's like a sandwich of juice and, and like some fruit or something. And I cried because I was like, I look homeless for them to, cause you're not just going to give somebody a snack pack. That's just like a regular person. Like there are certain characteristics for somebody who deserves a snack pack. So she gave it to me and I cried because I was like, damn. It was like a wake up call? Because I know all these homeless kids downtown. Hmm. 
So now, like, I'm one of them. But uh, you weren't living with your mom, right? I was. This was oh, the same were. day. Same oh, day. Oh, got it. So I uh, found a quarter, called the um, Covenant House. They had a really simple number. It's like, it was really simple. So they brought me to the CSC to, like, get my life together. Mm-hmm. And then they told me that they were opening up a real shelter on East Colonial. And that, you know, a select group of kids, this is all the same day, like she kicked me out. Um, A select group of kids will be able to go there, live there, and eventually like come out of there like better people. Hmm. So I was- Were you still in high school? Yep. No, I was out of high school. Oh, you were out of high school. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And this is after I beat a 20-year prison (laughs) case. What? Yeah. For what? Two counts of armed robbery. At 18. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's a lot. Your life has been sheltered. It's, it's not a, sheltered, but... Um, uncovered. <laughs> no. Blessed. Blessed. Like you're <laughs> the provision of you not being in... Yeah. I would have been getting out last year. Right. From out of high school. If I would have been charged. Right. Yeah. So, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so Covenant House, I get on this bus. Mm-hmm. It's me, four bo- four other boys, and four other girls. And literally, they unlocked the door for the first time. And you were the first we were in guest. The, we were the first group of kids living there full time. Right. Three meals a day. Um, they had what's called EAP, EAP Employment Assistant Program, um, to teach you how to, you know, job interview mm-hmm. and get a job. So during the day, you have breakfast, and then between breakfast and lunch, you're out job searching. They would give you these little pink links tickets that would get you a free ride to and from um, the Covenant House. Right. But what we were doing was that became a form of currency. So instead of going to and from, we would just go walk around the neighborhood. And sell them. Stack up your tickets, and then now you're like trading you know, whatever you might have uh, for, hey, two tickets and I'll give you, I don't know. Sometimes it's like cassette tapes. Um, this was during that time when you had like a Walkman. Mm-hmm. Right, before, right before CDs, literally right before CDs. Discmans. Yeah, yeah. Discman. So it was like, it just turned into like this like currency. Um, but the Covenant House was like, that's when I learned about cultures, um, being around like gay people for the first time, mm. one of the one or two of the original guys, and I, I was literally like laying the bump bed. I said, "So why are you gay?" And not just trying to be funny, but just like understand, understand, like genuinely trying to understand because I had never, you know, encountered ever. You know, you've seen yeah. made a mockery of on films, but to be face to face with a person who like mm-hmm. identifies as this and um, they're proud of it. And it's just like, so like, what, like, what was it, you know, Mm -hmm. like why? And then just having those conversations, you know, Indian people, black people, you know, white people, Ethiopian people, Chinese people. It's like hodgepodge of kids with individual issues that are kind of thrusted together into this like real world type thing Mm -hmm. where we all break bread together, live together and it was just different. Like it, my mind was like this wide, you know, um, just from that experience. Did you ever get busted trading up your links tickets? No, because it was such a like 
we were such a small group mm-hmm. that like there were no rats in our group. I guess you could say there were no rats in the group, but it wasn't a big deal to them because if you were got cool with any of the counselors there, they'll just give you like a pack. It came in like packs of 10. Okay. And then, you know, if you were a model member, they'll be like, here's some know, extras. Right. Making it rain. Yeah, basically. And they had like a point, it's called a point store. If you did a good deed, they'll either give you a booklet or they give you like 10 points. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekend, the point store is open. So if you want this, you know, you want this Snoop Dogg CD, it's a hundred points, you know, but you don't have a hundred points. So I'll trade you three tickets for 10 points so oh. I can get a hundred points to get this CD, but we both can listen to it. Right. Deal. So that's kind of like, <laughs> got it. That's kind of, like, and what but were you not going out and looking for employment? I was, but I didn't have to. Hmm. Cause if I just called home, Helen would be like, yeah, come home. So it really, I was just there for like the stability, just experience. Of life. Yeah, yeah, just like a not being at my parents' house, but then B, I mean, you can't beat three square meals, no real responsibility. Yeah, you know, roof over your head. I mean, I kind of want that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of nice. It was, and you're- and also like you being seventeen and having the responsibility mm-hmm. and like having to grow up so quickly, mm-hmm. and then to be kind of um not allowed as much of a childhood Mm -hmm. right for you to be growing up um in that space probably being at the covenant house was just like a breath of fresh air where you're like i can just be me for a second Mm -hmm. or like i'm done with school i can like you're kind of like you know hang in work in the system a little bit but Mm -hmm. you can be in somewhere safe and then just like have a moment to not be a parent yeah, and they treated you like an adult. They talked to you like mm. an adult. They, I mean, it's it's all it's Catholic based, but mm. they they don't push it really hard. Right. But you know there is a chapel, and if you talk to any of the employees there for long enough, the faith will leak through. Um, well, their faith will leak through, but they treated you like an adult. Mm-hmm. It was like you need to make some good decisions for your future. You need to get a, you know a good job. They had some great programs. Like if you got a job, they would, um, they would hold. 70% of your money and then pay, give you the other 30% because you don't have any bills. And then right. after a period of time, whenever you decide to leave, they'll you give you this chunk of money. Right. It's almost right. like a 401k almost. Right. Um, which was great for, you know, next steps. Yeah. And it just taught you how to be an adult, live within your means. Right. So it's, it's pretty awesome. Honestly. That Loved it. is amazing. Um, so, like, how did you, like, when, did, how long did you stay there? Like, what was your, how did you trans- oh, st- transition out of Covenant House? I stayed there on and off for three years. The whole, the, okay. whole, the whole 18 to 21. It was back and forth. Go back to my mom, fight. And at this point, I cared even less because I'll just go back to the Covenant House if you don't let me do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that ping pong Right. Um, but yeah, roughly three years on and off. And then how did you land? You went to UCF? Nope. No. Um, nope. After after high school and after the whole court situation, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. No idea what I wanted to do in my life just because it was so much stimuli between mm. Covenant House and it was like I didn't have a do north for anything. Sure. It was just, let's just grow up. I mean, even at like 18, I mean, you're like... The trajectory of your life. I mean, I feel like there's so much pressure put on kids at mm-hmm. like 
16, 17, 18 to like know what you want to do mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. And then you have to go to college and, and not waste, but you, a, lot of, a lot of people spend an incredible amount of money at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. But you're like, you haven't even opened your eyes or you haven't traveled. You haven't like seen the world. You haven't, yeah. you know, like it's uh, to me, I sometimes don't, I can't really wrap my head around anyway. But mm-hmm. so you went to, I, what, I lived in the Alafaya area, though. I was very connected to the college experience. Okay. Without Is being... this where the hunch punch comes in, or did yes. you... Yes. Okay. During that time, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but somebody turned into a butterfly when I got over to Alafaya. Okay. Um, I went by The Cool. That was my name. <laughs> and uh, So cool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was based off of a Lupe Fiasco album. Ah. Uh, yeah. Kick. Push. So, so uh, I had a party every Thursday night. It was Thursdays at the Cools. Every Thursday. Okay. And it would be between 15 and 20 people at my house, drinking Hunch Punch, listening to music, making friends. Okay. Every Thursday. And then all of a sudden... Social butterfly out of nowhere in comparison to back of the class. Mm-hmm. Now it's like every Thursday is a gathering. Welcoming all the folks. It was all the people. It was a time. Yeah. Um, my best man and my wedding, Jamel, he was my roommate during that time. And thank God we're, we're like polar opposites in a way. So he would just be like, whatever you want to do, man, just have a great time. And I had the great you times. You had the plans. <laughs> I had the great the times. The man with the plan. <laughs> I have many right. uh, hidden right. hidden Facebook <laughs> albums of like, because I would always throw a theme party. It was never just like regular. Okay. I had a, a red carpet British accent masquerade ball. That's fun. Once. And All right. You had to dress up. You had to have a Mardi Gras mask and you had to speak in a British accent. These are college kids? <laughs> so it's like I bought this cheap red carpet. That went because we were on the top on the third floor that went from the third floor that hooked into my apartment. All right. And then it was all dressed up like I would like go all out. I was a party planner in a previous life. All right. I also did a, a upside down. I did an upside down black light Christmas party. I basically took a white Christmas tree and some white wrapping paper. Okay. Stuck it to the ceiling upside down. How? I think it was either glue or nails, but it was stuck to the ceiling. I'll show you photos. Okay. Off, but stuck to the ceiling. I'm sure the landlord really appreciated that. Yeah, it's college house. And, yeah. <laughs> and then I took a yes. hundred ping pong balls, string those up to the ceiling as well. So it was like snow. Ah, all right. And then I wrapped the room in black and white stripe. Um, wrapping paper. Wrapping paper. Hit the black light. I, I see you. It was a vibe. It was dope. Mm-hmm. So in your adulthood years, as we get to transition to like ways that we shape and form our worlds and how we want to live and what is valuable to us and things of that nature, we get to go through lives with some highs and some lows. Mm-hmm. Um, has there ever been a time that you felt like pretty devastated by and how did you move through that? Yeah, um, so it was. It's, it's a few like with the whole 
almost going to prison thing. Um, just being in you know wrong place, wrong time. Well, I was I was there voluntarily, but wrong place, wrong time. Um, that was pretty devastating because I mm-hmm. I didn't know. Like you don't know what the what your future holds when there is a twenty year bid hanging over your head. Uh, I remember <clears throat> being at the courthouse with my mom and having on like my hood clothes, my hood uniform, and uh, Bankowitz. That was my that was my lawyer's name, Bankowitz. I remember him because it was the first time I saw a Rolex in real life. And he was talking to me, telling me, you know, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm just looking at his Rolex like that's Rolex. Um, but I'm 18 years old. I'm thinking I'm going to get a slap, you know, slap on the wrist. Um, everybody else who was involved was sent to juvenile programs. I was the only 18 year old. And um, the world was a cartoon for me. Just like no real consequences, like just float through life ah. like I'm in a music video or something. So I, I remember Stroker. That was, his, that was the judge's name, nicknamed the choker, Stroker the choker. Uh, and sitting in that courtroom and he was giving away time like he was selling watches. Like he was like five years, boom, six years, boom, two years, boom. Mm-hmm. Call me up, I'm 18 years old. I'm like, whatever. And he's going to be like, community service, get out my face. <clears throat> Man, I swag up to that podium. My mom's right next to me. Frank is behind me he looks over my deposition and he says mm, looks at me looks at the paper he said the next time i see you if i convict you i'm gonna lock you up for 20 years and it hits it boom hits the gavel you hear the other inmates who are in there for court they're like oh like some sports play kind of happened mm-hmm my mom, she goes, I hear her go like, oh, Lord. She starts crying. Sure. And then the world shatters. Mm. Like imagine a cartoon that, a cartoon scene that shatters into reality. That's what happened when he hit the gavel. It was like. This is a real deal now. It's real life. No no second chances. This is, this is real life. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I just stood there. I was like, froze. I was like froze because I knew I did it. So it's like I just threw my life away. Mm-hmm. Just threw my life away. But but God, Whew. I walked away from that. Um, uh, got a misdemeanor, no community service, time served. Yeah, that was yeah. it. <laughs> right. And then uh, I told God to get me out of this one. <laughs> this is a real deal. You get, if you get me out of this one, I will be straight. Twenty years later, straight as an arrow, like, right? Get no trouble. I don't, I don't understand how people go in and out of jail. Hmm. Has there been a time in your professional or per- personal career that you have felt um, a lot of like pride in, or something that you've been really pr- like you've worked for that you've been felt like, man, I'm really proud of this achievement yeah it was it was really just entrepreneurship in general i worked at boston market for maybe seven years yum (laughs) (laughs) still um boston market is is really great uh their potatoes are so good yeah as a person who's worked in the back their food is pretty fresh yeah yeah their chicken is so good yeah um we digress i had this manager that uh how do i say this without embarrassing her she 
people said that she had a thing for me, but she was a whole married woman, but she was around our age. So I would have my parties and depending on the terms that we were on, mm-hmm. she was either invited or not invited. Right. Weird. Uh, and that would affect my schedule at work. So oh, that's, that's a little. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I would get 40 hours. Sometimes I would get six hours over three days. Ah. Depending on the relationship. The mood of your vibes. Right. Uh, were so, you were you like trying to like be with that or were you trying to be like homegirl? I'm yeah, you, I'm not getting involved in yeah, married like, life. It wasn't no, it wasn't like a romantic thing between us, but um people felt like her reactions were very uh romantic driven in a way. Like if if I feel like him and I are kind of like flirting. Uh-huh. Then, oh, you want 40 hours? Here's 40 hours. But then if it's cool. tension. Cool, cool, cool. It's very cruel. So, cruel manager. Yeah. So um, there was another manager that was also cruel to me, but she didn't have control over the schedule. I used to shoot videos for, you know, me and my brother and we would do like fun stuff or whatever. So this manager that doesn't like me saw us kind of huddled up looking at one of the videos that I did. And she's like, let me see this. And then she looked at it and then she hands me my phone back. And then she says, I look at this and I wonder what you're doing here. Mm. And she didn't have to say that. Mm-hmm. You clearly don't like me. <laughs> like You don't like me. But she saw like talent. She saw that. Right. Uh, so after another um, six hours over four days or whatever she wanted to do, uh, I, I walked out of Boston Market. I just I was like, deuce. That was it. Walked out the back door and I was like, all right, so I'm going to start a business. What year is this? Uh, I started studio in 2014. So this has to be like 2010-ish. Okay. Um, so yeah, I walked out of Boston Market and of course it was like a couple of years of couch surfing. And, but I was very proud that uh, I was able to... <laughs> trust my gift to make room for me mm. in my life mm-hmm. and to sit here I mean, any entrepreneur will tell you like it's it's not at all easy <laughs> it looks fun oh yeah i wake up whenever i want to and you know yeah that's that's cool mm-hmm. but it's the hardest it's a hard life it's if, a hard life. yeah it takes yeah. time it like entrepreneurs are a certain type of person like it will eat you alive um so it was like two three years of just like instability mm-hmm. while you're building while you're building yeah um so to i just actually told this story in my stories on instagram about you know my entire journey um but i'm very proud of in the context of my life story uh i'm very proud of where i've come from and then you know what god has in store for me in the future uh, because i never stop like believing in his ability to take care of me, mm. you know, I've always just kind of like, I remember I went through like a, you know, maybe five to seven year depression, just trying to figure out life, mm-hmm. but you know, things not working, but I've always, whether loosely or tightly, I've held on to God. And, you know, sometimes it's a pinky, you know, like, like, I know you're here. By thread. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, I know that you're here, but it doesn't feel like you're here. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like two hands, you know, but I've never let go of that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm really proud of just looking back, even in this conversation to like, you know, kid from Little Haiti, Miami to to now. I'm really proud of that like journey. journey. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been quite a journey. Yeah. Well, I've, you know, seen a little bit of that journey and I've, I've seen you fuego, um, you know, as someone in the community that is, like you said earlier, kind of really building up things that are positive within the community Mm -hmm. and even within your own community more, more closely. And, um, just like, you know, the stand-up guy that you are and just like how you've added, I think, value to Orlando Appreciate it. and, um, just knowing you. So thank you for all that you do mm-hmm. within your business and just, you know, like it is incredible to see, like, I think even in this moment, like the realities are like, we all, we don't all get the same resources. We mm-hmm. don't get the same parent parentals mm-hmm. stability, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, it really, when you hit those markers and when you're like, man, yeah, I am here. Like I've really, I've changed the trajectory, you know, like Mm -hmm. with you, you say you like your story with God, um, as a part of that, but, um, you know, you didn't come from resources. So being Mm -hmm. able to say like, you know, like you've really hustled and worked and built something that you're proud of and as like a sustainable business is not nothing. Mm -hmm. So Congratulations on that. Yeah, and for being who you are and what you're doing. I don't know if you remember, but we met before. I think it was like 2013, 14. Before you were with Major? Yep. So you drove a red... Mazda? Yeah. What? So I was looking for a venue for my birthday party. Yeah. And we met over on... uh, At Brookhaven? Yep. And you showed me around. I, the photo actually came back up um, recently, but you showed, I was looking to do my birthday party there. Yeah. And then, you know, I met up with you and then you walked me in and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, do this, this, and this. And then, yeah. <laughs> yep. I actually met before. That's crazy. It was through um, Jameson and Donnie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was during that time right. frame. So Jameson performed at our one year dinner party anniversary mm-hmm. and that was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my former roommate. Wow. Yep. I was like, she probably doesn't remember me. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. So many people, so many years. That's, Orlando, yeah. and that's amazing. Orlando's well, a small town. It is small town. Comes <laughs> And Jameson just had a baby, right? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I just see him on social media, so I'm just yeah. like, oh, cool. You no, know, you, you see things like, I don't know, pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, small world. Yeah. It all comes full circle. Yep. That's pretty great. Who and knew then, that? And then I was in your wedding. Yeah, who yeah. knew that? However many years later. I've had I've had a couple experiences like that in Orlando, and it always is fun and blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty That's great. why it's, it's great to like, hey, keep your reputation kind of, keep your face clean. Like my dad used to say, keep your face clean. Yeah, small. You never know. Yeah, reputation. Orlando, man, that is amazing. So we'll touch very slightly. We won't. We don't have to go too crazy into it. But one of my favorite subjects is the Enneagram. Yes, (laughs) the 
The Enneagram, as if you listen along, I'm sure you all know, is a um, the thing is that like I guess people qualify it as like a personality test. Yep. But the more that I dig into it, the more that I learn about it, it's so much deeper and broader than just personality. It mm -hmm. has like so many facets, and a lot of it is kind of like the ways that we're shaped, you know, like through our you know our childhood and mm -hmm. our parentals and um how we view the world and so a lot of that is like the dna that's placed within us mm -hmm. which is there's there's different i'm i'm i've been reading as well as like some some people say that you're born with your enneagram type and then some people say that you kind of develop and grow into it which i feel like i lean more towards than like you're born with it mm -hmm. but um i think you're your DNA and then also paired with kind of like the story of like where you were placed in the world and in mm. in the childhood that you grew up in. Life experiences. Life experiences, right. Those really shape us. Um, and so having the Enneagram, which I feel is kind of like a roadmap mm. to what's going on in here, right? Like mm. we're still, I'm still learning and discovering things about myself and um, it has been such a huge benefit for my life to mm. be able to understand and it's not a it's not about a box you're placing people in or yourself in because we're our own person our own individual but it really gives a frame of reference of maybe like how people are interpreting the world and mm -hmm. how what their place is how they feel about it um what are motivators for them what when, when they're healthy what does that look like when they're maybe in stress like maybe some of the things that might trigger them. So me being aware of that for other people only can help us, both of us, mm -hmm. right? In in that frame of mind. Um, so you would consider yourself on the Enneagram a number? Um, well, my wife says that I'm a three. A three, okay. Oh, no, I'm not a three. What am I? I'm a one. A one. Number one. All right. Um, You're number one. Don't know what it means. <gasps> the one? Uh, I have a loose understanding. Is it the reformer? So I, yeah, I, I subscribe to the um, personality test mentality of um, this group's people. And a lot of people judge a person based off of their Enneagram. It's like, oh, you're a one. Uh -huh. We will never get along. But um, we've had several conversations mm -hmm. about that when he's like, no, it's not like that. You don't get it. And, you know. But yeah, I'm a one. Okay. I forget. So what... the one is the reformer. Okay. So that would make a lot of sense because they're highly principled. They're mm -hmm. very driven. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of integrity mm -hmm. and that means a lot to them. Um, they can be for good or for bad. I think it has both, but like the a perfectionist, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody like you want things sharp and mm -hmm. crisp and you don't settle for less. And mm -hmm. you like on a lot of aspects of your life, you have a very clear vision. Mm -hmm. There's and, and, and ones are very kind of like right and wrong. Like there's like very clear distinctions, there's no gray. right? There's no gray. And so other personalities maybe can see the beauty in, in the nuances in between. And we, we need all the types to have a complete picture of the world. Mm -hmm. But the ones, the ones are the reformers. So they can see an industry or they can see um, 
some something that is kind of already has structure within the world, but mm-hmm. they can see how they can make it better. Mm-hmm. And they can come in and say, we're going to do things a new way. This is a structure of running a creative company, but mm-hmm. we're going to, I'm going to run it because I can have the vision. I want to take people there. I my level is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also sounds like a Leo. Um, Possibly. Mm-hmm. I'm not as, I, I guess I'm not as like, um, Zodiac, Zodiac informed. Mm-hmm. I am a Leo as well. Um, there aren't any the other re- signs. The real thing is that, is that eights, threes and ones are very similar. Okay. So they can get stuff done. Okay. Um, they have vision, their motivations are very different. Mm-hmm. So that's what separates like a three is the achiever. Mm-hmm. So no, no matter what their kind of their end goal is to is to set a goal and just crush it just hit it yeah numbers i want to i want to sell x amount this month Mm -hmm. and that's really they they have a very high value on being able to accomplish what they set out to do Mm -hmm. and eight is the challenger yours truly Mm -hmm. who so eights have a motivation of changing the system Mm -hmm. To something completely different. So ones and eights, ones would see a system like the hotel chains, like a Hilton, and mm. they would come in and they would do Airbnb. No, so eights would be Airbnb. Mm. So one would be like, we're gonna do amazing new branding. We're gonna gotcha. do things that we've never done before. We're gonna tighten up our housekeeping. We're gonna we're gonna be the bonvoy of Marriott. I mean, whatever it is, like they are going to see something, a structure that is already there and their motivation is to make it better. So it's like reform versus disruption. Right. Gotcha. So the A would be an Airbnb. Gotcha. Or an Uber or Mm -hmm. something that the society has never adopted or functioned in Mm -hmm. before. Okay. Um, So they're very, they're also very, um, the reformer is also the same with like, within societal norms to Mm -hmm. say like our system is broken Mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna we're gonna fight for justice and Mm -hmm. that is gonna be something that we're gonna wear very strongly Mm -hmm. in in what you hold to be you know valuable and true and they don't mind kind of being vocal about some of those things so Mm -hmm. they can be very um direct and they can be very outspoken with the things that they think are important in the world. Mm. I mean, it sounds like me. It does sound like you. So in a sense, like that helps me understand you a little bit better Mm. to kind of know, like, I know this guy, when he shows up, he's going to be on his game. Mm. Like he is going to execute things. And like the way that you run your business kind of reflects that Mm. of things of, of your values, Mm. um, in that way. Um, yeah. So for me, it's, it is hopefully a helpful tool. It's all about in the way that you use it Mm -hmm. and it's not a weapon to weaponize like, oh my gosh, she's a seven. She'll, Mm -hmm. she only wants to party all the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's more, it's it's more like a love language, understanding a person's love language. Yeah. It's kind of like, how can we have compassion towards one another better? Mm Um, you know, it's, how can I know myself better? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it gave me this huge release to say, yeah, like, so eights, nines, and ones, how they kind of interact and see the world is is through anger mm-hmm. um, versus 
you know, um, shame or fear. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't identify with shame. Like I sometimes have a hard time understanding like, like why, why you would you, why, why would you be ashamed about that? Like, mm -hmm. why aren't you angry about this? Like mm -hmm. anger is a, is a Driving symptom, from, from. right. Of something t that needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. And so understanding that that wasn't something like wrong or bad about me, but mm -hmm. I have this anger, like even in this moment of anger, mm -hmm. right. This national moment of saying like something has to give yeah. and we are like showing our emotions that have led us to this place mm -hmm. and we need those like anger can be good or it can be harmful. Mm -hmm. Right. So being able to, I think, acknowledge that for myself mm -hmm. was, was a, um, a very liberating thing to, to speak into just how I've been created and it's not shameful, but mm -hmm. it's like, how do I harness that? And how do I honor people that don't maybe have the same, passion have this yeah like sometimes they're stuck in their own head or they're stuck mm. in their own space and mm. that's something that is maybe harder for me to like but then now that i can see that then i can move towards you better and say mm. yeah we operate on some really different wavelengths mm. how can we how can you know that if i'm pushing back on you it's not because i don't like you it's because mm. i want to help you change i want to help you change or i want to help yeah, I want to I want to be honest with how I'm feeling mm -hmm. and have a discussion mm -hmm. versus just like oh, that complaining guy is about such an it. Asshole. Yeah. Like he all he does is wants to like argue or mm -hmm. or he and we all have our blind spots. So we have ways to like grow and mm -hmm. learn. But sometimes like acknowledging that we don't all operate on the same wavelength. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm if you put it that way, it's it's. It helps you to know who you're dealing with and how mm -hmm. to approach that person. Uh, I guess in the wrong hands, you can very easily manipulate somebody sure. by saying, oh, you're a one. So here's how I'm going to stroke your ego to get you to X, Y, Z. But I mean, that's with everything. Abuse, you know, people you abuse things. But in any. But that's a better perspective. How you put it is a better perspective for me. Because for me, it's, I think it's, uh, I always thought it's, it as a way to kind of group people because I've seen people abuse those types of things. Sure. Um, but because I've abused, I was gonna say I've abused. So there's this thing called the box. Okay. Uh, or the cube. I don't know how much time we have. Okay. But um, it's kind of similar. It's kind of similar, but it gives me an idea. Is it a personality test? In a way. Okay. So when I would go on dates, I would use the cube ah. to kind of put somebody in a corner no um i mean it, it'll it'll take like a minute to do you down uh, yeah <laughs> she's like yeah 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 all right um picture a room okay Even it's gonna require imagination so picture a room white walls white floor white ceiling there's one window in the room okay got it yikes okay <laughs> um there's a cube in the room okay how big is the cube small medium or large um, large. Okay. Uh, is it solid or transparent? Transparent. Okay. Is it on the ground or floating? Floating. There's a ladder in the room. Okay. Where's the ladder in comparison to the cube? It is propped up against the wall. Okay. There is a, there are flowers in the room. Mm -hmm. How many flowers? Loads. Okay. You can almost not even walk around. It's a lot of flowers. Yeah. Uh, there's a storm in the room. 
A storm? Storm. Okay. What type of storm is it? I guess hurricane was the first one that pops into my mind. Okay. Uh, and there's a horse in the room. Where are we going with this? <laughs> what, okay. What color is the horse? Oh, uh, brown. Okay. So uh, the breakdown mm -hmm. is the, the room is Dana Marie's world as she knows it. Okay. The cube in the room is Dana. Okay. okay. People with small cubes are very insecure. People with medium cubes are confident, but well aware of their insecurities. Okay. People with large cubes are very arrogant <laughs> and proud. Cool. <laughs> People with uh, transparent, with solid cubes takes longer. It takes longer for a person to get to the core of that. Mm -hmm. their personality from outside people with transparent cubes um you can really get to like they will share with you openly mm -hmm. they're not afraid to like put it out there mm -hmm. um cubes that are on the ground tend to be stubborn people mm. and they're immovable good or bad people with floating cubes uh they're very open-minded to a lot of different things okay uh, the flowers in the room represent um loved ones um people you love and cherish so you said loads of flowers in the room mm. which which says that you have a heart for people which is why you have a welcome house mm -hmm. <laughs> um the, the ladder in the room represents how you view success right so you said the ladder is, is off to the side off to the side yeah so you can see it but there's no movement Mm. Uh, the horse represents your ideal mate. Oh. So, brown. Okay. And then there's a slew of just different questions. And what's happening is um, subconscious mind is a robot. Uh -huh. it, it only responds to commands. So if you wake up in the morning, it's like, I feel good. I feel great. No matter what happens throughout that day, you're going to feel amazing. And the opposite is also true. Mm -hmm. Today is going to be the worst day ever. You can find a thousand dollars on the ground. But then you're going to be like, it's probably fake money. Hmm. It's probably drug money. It's probably, you know, I probably stole this from somebody's, you know, you never see the positive of mm -hmm. that. Um, so what I did was I spoke directly to your subconscious mind instead of asking you, hey, what's, oh, and the hurricane. Right. The storm represents your financial, your current financial uh, <laughs> status. You know, um, it's a hurricane, you know, so, um, but. I can ask you these things. Hey, how's your money? Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, um, how do you view success? But naturally our conscious sure. mind is going to put up, it's going to defend us. It's going to put up a defense and it's going to give us like the, how are you? Fine, but you're not fine. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, basically the cube gets to the core of the person by asking um, soft questions that you just naturally just answer. Oh, is this? Is that? Mm -hmm. Because the defenses are down. Mm -hmm. But then you can either share what you've gathered. Typically, if I I would get I would gather all the information, and then I would internalize it, and I either all right, well this was fun. Hope you have a good night. You know I'm going to head out now. So you just kind of write them off, basically within their based off their answers, right? Um, just because it's it's like a it's very like core. Like morals, like you can really like, hmm. and I only asked a few, but you can ask. Does them. it go on? Oh yeah. <sighs> Depends. Depending on how much you want to know about this person. Who's who's like 
So are you the arbitrator of like what the meaning of the thing is? Like when you asked no. with the horse thing, mm-hmm. not, has someone already come up with a list of these things and yeah, then said, you, you can, you can Google Here's how they correlate. Yeah. You can kind of Google what questions and now, I mean, now this, this was back in the day. So, okay. but you can kind of Google. I've never heard of this. It's an amazing way to either a get closer to somebody really fast mm-hmm. or B find out if at the core, because when we mm. date, it's all representatives yeah. for like the first maybe month or two. Like, At least. Yeah, it's not the, it's not them. It's right. just I want to put up my best representative so that you like me and then we can get into something interpersonal. Right. But it's not them. But if you cube them on the first date, I just met you. And I either I either like you more or I don't like you as much as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're pretty, but what else? And then that's it. All right. Well, thank you for enlightening my world, <laughs> giving me another. I'll have to look into that. It's super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Oh, people. We just never like it's So I am fascinated with how people operate and, mm-hmm. and what makes them choose the things that they choose. And I mean, we have so many levels of what brings us to the places and decisions that we make. Right. Mm-hmm. And then how we how like our unique brain interprets them. Um, cause we're all so unique and individual. We're interesting creatures. We are very interesting creatures. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're surprising and sometimes we're predictable. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think engages my brain the most of mm-hmm. like, when is somebody, you Different. know, right. Yeah. And, and we're, we are not like very, um, linear, predictive. Yeah. yeah. Predictive linear all mm-hmm. the time. Which is what makes life interesting and sometimes hard and sometimes great. The spice of life. Spice of life. <laughs> so the last one that we're going to wrap up with um, since we've been chatting for a while yeah. is um, <laughs> is my favorite subject, which is rest. Okay. Which is something that I don't think people talk about enough or do enough. Mm. Um, and just the rep- rep- re- repercussions of a lot, you know, like a, what does rest look like, mm-hmm. um, for you? Uh, if you had like, just, well, one, what, what does kind of like rest, rest, play, discover, mm-hmm. there's a couple different layers within that, but like for you, um, in your real life, what does like a rest, what does rest look like? Uh, horror um, movie. I know that just blows and, my mind. And laying down. Okay. Like I can like physically taking yeah, time. Just to... lay down, put on a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I'm happy, and right. I'm also a hobbyist. Like I pick up hobbies, master them to the best of my ability, and then I put it away. I like to consistently like challenge. Because currently my my current hobby is golf. Um, just because I've never done it before, and it's it's challenging. Because okay. it's not like baseball where you just hit it as hard as you can, as far as you can. Right. They're like mechanics to using the golf club to hit the golf ball. Um, so learning those mechanics and training my mind and learning something new is just invigorating. Um, but on a, on a day off, um, YouTube, mm-hmm. horror movies, uh, retro video games. Mm. I'm happy. I'm the happiest person in the world. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So it kind of like, Maybe a little bit of time to surround yourself with time, mm-hmm. mostly to yourself. Well, I'm ambivert. So ambivert. 
Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm intro, introvert Same. and extrovert. Yeah. So for every X amount of hours with people, I need X amount of hours to recharge. Sure. Uh, so I go between wanting to be solo, which I really enjoy, but then I also know that I need to, you know, be, engaged be yeah, be, be around major, be around family. Right. But then there is a time limit. And then it hits, and then I you need to turn turn in. Yeah, yeah. I need to charge the phone. What <laughs> about if you had just like one ideal day off? It could be here. It could be anywhere. Money is of no issue. Like if you had an ideal day, mm-hmm. um, Major and I's ideal days differ very, very much. Okay. <laughs> of what her ideal day is. <laughs> um, so what would be, what would be like an ideal day for you? Top uh, to bottom. I have fallen in love with snow. All right. I've uh, been to Colorado quite a few times, DC quite a few times. So somewhere with snow uh, and cabin and horror movies. All right. I would love that. That would be the ideal day. Yeah. Yeah. I fell in love with snow a couple of years back. So I just love the idea of, I love the idea of being cold and this natural, just like thing, like natural beauty of snow, mm. how it feels under your feet and, you know, being able to like dress up, dress up. All right. So yeah, somewhere snowy with some scary movies, steak and bourbon. Oh, besides the scary movies, that sounds really <laughs> lovely. Okay, two final questions. Okay. One is we never addressed how you got to the name Fuego. Ah. I mean your your given name is Henry. Mm-hmm. Another name that I have known you by is Walter. Mm-hmm. And then your your name that you would prefer to be called is neither of those two names. <laughs> how do we get here? Uh basketball. Uh basketball, I was fire because I would shoot the ball and then I would say fire. Ah. And then it would, you know, a percentage at the time go in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then I did music with my brother and um, I still went by fire as like my my rap name. And then one time we went to this uh, because it was all it was all uh, faith based hip hop. And then we went to this uh, we went to this youth thing and it was called Holy Ghost Fuego. That was the name of the extravaganza. Yeah, so, it was. So for the uh, for the duration of the night, random people would just be like "fuego," and then everybody would be like "fuego, fuego, fuego," because that was like the theme. Mm-hmm. And you know, I rubbed my chin. I was like, I kind of like that. Fire! <laughs> right. So then I switched my name from Fire to Fuego. Okay. Then, uh, as I became a better filmmaker, I wanted a pseudonym. So I said, I was like, I need to, I need the bougiest first name that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theodore, uh, Walter, uh, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It was like a bunch of different names that I was like, I need like a strong, like first name. Mm-hmm. Um, so Walter won. So, ah. so I went from the cool to Walter Fuego. So that's kind of how it all. And that's what you go by now? Right. Right. 
And it, the mayor. So Walter me was not a given name at all. of any. My my full name is Henry Alec Jamel Lewis. That's my full name. Okay. Uh, and then Walter Fuego is how Your ever, alias. Yeah. yeah. The mayor uh, the mayor calls me Fuego. It's kinda weird. The mayor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I introduce myself, it's never, hey, I'm Henry. Hey, I'm it's either hey I'm Walter or hey I'm Fuego, depending right. on the person. When I asked you via text message, I was like, what is your preferred name? Then you said Fuego. Mm-hmm. Right. Even Major, when she's mad at me, she still doesn't call me Henry. It's like Fuego. Fuego. That's it. Ah. My, my nieces and nephews, Uncle Fuego. Hashtag Uncle Fuego with, with for photos of me and my nieces and nephews. Right. Fuego's birthday party. It's like, it just kind of. Stuck. It's branding. It's branding. Branding 101. That's the best part of your. <laughs> Your shtick. Yeah. Last question. If you had a piece of wisdom or a mantra that you go by that you would like to share with us. It's mm-hmm. uh, a great question. So for a long time, no days off was my Oof. was my mantra until I realized that you need days off. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say right now I quietly go by no pump faking. Okay. Uh, because in basketball, you pump fake. You don't necessarily shoot it, but you go into the full motion of shooting, but you just never, never shoot. Uh-huh. Um, so it was two. It's like no pump faking and ready, fire, aim. So it's more It's more of always do. So ready, fire, aim is ready, aim, fire is a normal way that it goes. But I think a lot of people get caught up in aim and they never fire. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's it's paralysis by analysis. So, you know, ready, fire, aim. You know, shoot Stars. the shot and Just then start. recalibrate mm-hmm. as you go. Build a plane on the way down off of the cliff. So ready, fire, aim, and then no pump faking. Like if you plan it, mm-hmm. do it. Like you never know. Like when you watch these biographies about all these great people that do great things, mm-hmm. they don't like think about, oh, I'm going to be, somebody's going to make a biography, pick, a biopic about me one day. They just had a dream and they just never stopped. Right. And then it just so happened that their dream impacted the world. But at the same time, at the end of the day, they just never stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Jobs just never stopped. You know, James Brown just never, they just kind of just kept going. So don't pump fake, you know, whatever the thing is that you've been kind of holding off on doing for fear of, insert fear. Right. Just just do it. And then, you know, more will be added on your way, mm-hmm. you'll make more relationships, but you got to be doing the job. Yeah. I'll be doing it first. So no pump faking, ready, fire, right. aim. Thanks for sharing with us and yeah. all the things. Where would we find you if we wanted to find you in your business? Uh, at Walter Fuego, everywhere that there is an at symbol attached to social media. Okay. And then um, Studio 17 Create on Instagram, Studio 17 Creative on Facebook, and then Studio 17 podcasts on instagram and facebook marvelous yes well thank you so much until next time salute salute thanks for being here thank you a million times over for listening to cocktails and conversation podcast i hope you have enjoyed all of it if you have would you do me a huge favor and rate comment and subscribe for more cocktails and conversations 